So I was on Sal's podcast a while ago, and I had to invite him on my podcast to talk about all the things that are going on my 300 or so loyal listeners of the podcast know of course this uh my whole channel and thing is all about freedom and living that life and doing what you want and four hour work week and creating an online business to spend your life and time doing whatever the frick you want you can't swear in the first 30 seconds of a youtube video actually or you'll get demonetized they just changed the rule you can swear after the first 30 seconds. So we'll be, we'll be good to say uh, all the things um, in a minute. But uh, yeah, Sal, Sal Mayweather, a.k.a. Sal the Agorist. Um, his biggest thing is his Twitter. Uh, Sal is like all about that freedom life. You know, he's got a 3D printer website where you can purchase using Bitcoin. Uh, the new libertarian.io is his blog and he's posting there every week. Um, so yeah, he's all about that freedom, all about that liberty, all about, you know, be your own bank, you know, create your own income, be independent and, and independence, independence in, in all facets, facets. Um, so I guess they call the us type of folk, uh, whatever libertarian, I guess that's the po politically correct, yeah. uh, whatever a term. Um, so yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I, so you and you hit me up um last year because you found my channel somehow about digital nomad life for a work week and amazon fba type of stuff because of course creating your own sorts of uh, independent uh, location independent income is a big part of um uh, you know living uh, an independent life and of course multiple sources of income is great but of course something an income that you can bring all around the world is very important so uh, he was picking my brain on Amazon FBA. You can find the link to that uh, interview in the description. Uh, but yeah, I since 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 then, lots of, a lot has happened. I think that was in the midst of Corona, perhaps last year we did that interview. And now the main thing I wanted to rant about is they're talking about vaccine passports now, which really is going to be. Uh, an app on your phone that says whether you have the vaccine or not. And um, that's going to determine whether you can do things. And one of the main things is, of course, get travel to other countries. Now, uh, of course, since Corona, you've had to show a negative test. But this kind of just takes to travel to pretty much any country. Um, but this kind of takes it to the next level. And so it's, it's in this interesting time. Um, where it's just like that next level of, uh, of, of, of check of, of status. And, and I could rant all day about it, but, um, yeah. So Sal, uh, what's, what's, um, what's the deal with this vaccine, vaccine, uh, um, it's tracking thing. And yeah, what's your take on it? <laughs> it's like completely 1984. It's totally Orwellian. It's just absolutely insane to me that, um, this is like an acceptable solution. Like we used to like, um, you know, it was almost like hyperbole. We'd say, oh, yeah, you know, one day the cops are going to stop you. Where's your papers? Where's your papers? And now we're actually at that point now. And I think people have to come to terms with the fact that all of like the, the, the tyranny that we've been afraid of, that we've learned about in school when we were little, that they taught us about, it's actually here now. And that's, that, that's a tough pill for a lot of people to swallow. And that's how I got involved in politics. I went to school for politics. I ended up not believing in it as I got my degree. I, I didn't believe in it. So I, I sort of set out on my own and I sort of do this now. That's how I came across you because I was really interested in like how, how you can live a free lifestyle without having to ask anyone's permission. And I think a huge part of that is entrepreneurship. And when I was researching that whole aspect of it is when I came across you and um, we, we did at least one episode of the, of the podcast. We might have done more. I don't remember at this point, but yeah, but the last time we spoke, I don't even think Corona was actually like a real thing, but, uh, now obviously, you know, I mean, it's, it's insane. Like you're saying with travel, you need, uh, 
a negative test and you need all kinds of crazy stuff, it's, it's only going to get worse too. This is just the beginning. I really think that it's going to get a lot worse real soon. Um, like, hmm. like it's going to be like vaccine passport, but in the future, yeah. like that's all that, like I said, this is just the beginning. Yeah. It's like, then you're going to have to get a vaccine uh, for the variant too. And you're like always going to have to get it updated. And um, so, yeah, I just kind of wanted to, to philosophize about this and just to, to make it clear to everybody, like I'm not like anti-vax. Okay. Like I'm a biochemistry major. I have a degree in biochemistry. I know that vaccines have saved gazillion of gazillions of lives throughout history. But what I've been saying on my Instagram story and which is not sufficient, which is like, I need to get on a podcast to talk about these things. You can't have these philosophical discussions on Instagram stories. Um, it's, it's, um, this is, this is philosophy. This is the, so I took a, a philosophy of ethics in college. So everyone, you need to have a basis of philosophy of ethics to even like get into these kind of discussions. You really need to dive deep on what is, what is ethical, like as a, as a human, as a society. And so the whole idea of, um, you know, being able to be in full control of what you put, put in your body. Um, but when it comes to this vaccine, yes, it is not technically mandatory. Like it's not mandatory just to, to be a citizen or whatever, but it's quasi mandatory now. That's where it's going. Because, you know, for one, someone you have a career where you travel, like me, I, you know, my career, I travel everywhere. Now it's going to be quasi mandatory, because uh, countries and you know, services like flights and boats and whatever are gonna require it. And uh, I just heard that they're talking about, um, like in sporting events, like a, a non vaccine a section and in grocery stores, like they're only going to require vaccinated people. And so it's like, Hmm, okay. Like, like the vaccine. Yeah. Like it works. That's not what this is about. It's it's let's take a step back. It's about the, it's about the philosophy of, of ethics, of voluntarism, of exactly. choice, being able to being able to take it if you want to take it. That's totally fine, like totally fine. But for those who like don't need to get it, like your your immune system is fine and it's just like doesn't line up with your values, um, or for whatever reason, you shouldn't have to be socially you know, scorned for it or blocked from 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 traveling or whatever. Yeah. And you said you, you hit an interesting point. You're like, well, it's, you know, vaccines are one thing, but mandatory vaccines are, are a whole nother thing. But like, yeah, it's become to the point where even though it's like um, private companies are enforcing this airlines, hotels, sporting teams, stuff like that. It's still backed by the government, right? Because the government telling them that they have to do these things. So, um, you know, Mussolini defined fascism as the merger of state and corporate power. And that's exactly what this is, right? We're having mm. the government telling airlines and the New York Yankees that they have to have segregated uh, seating sections. This is complete, like, complete fascism. <clears throat> this would never actually exist in an open and free market where you have to compete with, with one another, right? Because if you have to go on one airline that forces you to have a vaccine and all these different COVID restrictions versus a separate airline, that allows you to just exist like a normal person, everybody's going to go to that normal airline and the, the shitty COVID airline is going to go out of business. But unfortunately, like I said, we have this sort of merger of state and corporate power where we don't even have these options anymore. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I, I always say uh, <clears throat> the government and corporate industry, it's a big overlapping Venn diagram. Like, yeah. The banking industry being uh, the the best example, it's like Citibank, you know, executives, and then government positions. It's like the, the, the Venn diagram. It's like half of them have been in both, and it's just like a back and forth thing. Uh, but you know, that's the system we live in. Um, so yeah, in interesting times. Uh, basically, you know, my status is um, 
you know, I'm planning on doing Croatia again for the summer. Um, and uh, as of right now, there's, well, who knows what's going to happen, you know, in a few months, if they're going to be require the vaccine to get in. But ideally, I'm going to, you know, I would like to avoid countries that, um, that require a, a vaccine. And again, guys, I'm not anti-vax. It's just like, it, at some point, you got to stand up for your philosophical beliefs. Otherwise, you can't call yourself a philosopher. Right. You know, you have to live by it. And so that's like, I, I, I call myself, you know, a philosopher, you know, because I have a podcast. I'm a study, student of philosophy. And so, like, I can't even call myself a, a podcaster or, you know, a quote unquote, a, one of the philosophers of our time. Uh, if you don't uh, live up to your uh, beliefs and by your actions. Um, and I mean, we could even go deeper. It's, um, it's a, it's a slippery slope, like what, what's going to be tracked next. And it's this whole thing. It, so <clears throat> it's this whole thing about government power. Um, you know, for my, for my regular listeners, it's this vaccine thing is, is a battle, but if you step back, the greater war and greater thing as I post on my Instagram story the other day, I was like, all right, let's zoom out the vaccine passport. That's, that's a battle. The greater war here is which direction are we going? Are we going in a direction where the, where government has lots of power and it's kind of a technocracy and everyone's ID and, and biometrics and health uh, um, records and everything are just known by the government um, on some app or something? Or are we going back the other way where it's like uh, how America was founded, small government? Like that's the whole thing where it's like you have states and local governments, you know, and a democracy. And like, so it's like this, this whole kind of fork in the road um, uh, who, who was saying that on, on, on the Joe Rogan podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago? What's his name? Um, uh, um, Dan Dan Smith or something, or Mark Smith or Dave Smith. Dave Smith. Dave Smith. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's a, obviously a, you know quote unquote libertarian guy. Whatever. He like he likes freedom and independence. Yeah. Like okay, so he's like yeah. There's this huge fork in the road. So uh, you know, from our regular listeners, go listen to that um, Dave Smith episode. It's just like, he's saying everything. He's saying it all. Like it's, yeah. So I would say go listen to that one. And then the next episode after that on um, Joe Rogan was actually very interesting uh, geo geopolitically. Uh, Josh Rogan talking about the China situation. And this, I love his, the title of that guy's book. It's called um, The Battle for the 21st Century. And so it really kind of is this, other interesting battle for the 21st century uh, of these major powers. You have this whole huge China power, and then you have this huge, you know, uh, American power slash British empire power. We can get into that later, how they quasi or quasi are the same thing, the Western empire. Um, and then how we have technology coming in, boom. And now we have these empires not only have armies, traditionally like the biggest army, you know, is the one that can expand and with the best weapons and such. But now the war is like digital war. It's like, how much data can you have? How much tracking of the population can you have? So it's like, gosh, this is what a freaking interesting time. We now we like for this next, you know, quasi world war, not only do we have like hard weapons, tanks and missiles and like, and guns and shit, but we have these magical Harry Potter like wizard tools that's called technology and digital shit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly, dude, it's, it's, a, it's, I don't know if you've ever seen that meme. It's like, do you ever, I hope you like cyberpunk dystopias because you're living in one. And that's really the case. Like you said, everything is about data nowadays. And I, 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 like, I like what you and Dave said about like the fork in the road because <clears throat> it's all about like medical privacy. Like if we, if once they have the ability to like, no power that the state has been granted has ever been returned to the people. So if we give them the ability to pry into our medical history and we just give up medical privacy, then that, that's going to be the case all around. And, and there will be the assumption that the state has the right to impose in our, our you know, private affairs. So 
But the bottom line is this is this has been going on for a long time. This has been going on for hundreds of years, this slow erosion of our rights. Like ever since the Constitution was written, it's just been a, a downhill slope ever since. And I think mm -hmm. that just goes to show how uh, how inefficient government is for a means of organizing society. The market is a the economy is a much better way to do that. And like, for example, these vaccine passports, the state is requiring businesses to do all this bullshit. But look what the market's response has been. They have produced uh, black market passports, you know, all sorts of like back end solutions have come out of this. And I think that that's going to only become a, a greater piece of the puzzle as time moves on, you know. Mm -hmm. And so um, let's get into the other <clears throat> major kind of thing. So uh, crypto, of course, is in a huge uh, bull market right now. And, uh, you know, top of the news right now and how that relates into the larger war um, of the of independence and the banking system. So right. I posted on my Instagram story um, last night. Um, <clears throat> someone was I, I screenshotted. Hey, oh, I just noticed PayPal. You can buy crypto on PayPal now. Uh, and then. A couple people reply like, "Oh, don't do that! Like, it's not an exchange." Okay, yeah, fair. And then one guy, one guy said, "Scam! Watch out!" And okay, sure. What's the definition of scam? But then I was like, "You know what? This reminds me of a point. I wanted to share this this point slash video that I'm going to recommend. You know the real scam? It is the entire global financial system. <laughs> That's the real scam." Uh, the current global empire, if you wanted to call it one empire, what is the global empire? If you had to boil it down to one, it is a banking empire. It is a banking empire uh, because all the central banks actually are all in cahoots, all kind of related. And um, so it's, that's a fascinating, fascinating subject. So, uh, you know, people ask, who really runs America? Who really runs the world? And I've been fascinated by this question uh, ever since I, you know, went down the YouTube video wormholes like eight, 10 years ago, like, you know, zeitgeist and that type of stuff as, as all of us uh, have. And so you think about it, you're like, hmm, well, you know, the president, okay, military, oh, military, okay, whoever has the biggest military, they run, they run shit. Makes a lot of sense, right? Because that's how it's always worked throughout history. The most powerful empires. It's basically who has the biggest army because literally the armies just clash. It comes to a point where the armies just clash and whoever fucking wins the battle with swords, they're just the ones that live and just march on to take on that city and so forth and so forth. As we all know through, you know, mainstream history. But then you think about it further and then, okay, well, who controls the army? Okay, you got the generals and stuff, and then you know all the military commanders and uh, you know the presidents, the commander in chief. Oh, you go. Oh, who's the one that finances the army? Who who finance? Who who buys and supplies the weapons and makes the weapons? And then you're like, oh shit! So it turns out for the last hundreds of years. The banks have been financing the wars, both sides of the wars. Anyways, for those that don't know about it, the, the banks are basically have the most control. If you really look into it, those who create the currency, who print the money. And so anyway, I just watched this video two days ago that really explains it. And it's by a documentary by James Corbett. And you were on his channel, I saw recently. So I thought that was really cool. I saw you on there. I was like, oh, it's Sal. It's Sally Mayweather. And so I was like, that's really cool. You know, I'm one, I'm one connection away from like the, the, one of the biggest guys. And I've been following him for years and years. And for those that don't know, as far as uh, investigative journalism, YouTube channels, or, um, you know, independent media, the James Corbett's channel is one of the best. It's so well done. He, his documentaries break it down plain and clear. And so uh, he re-uploaded a documentary uh, from years ago called uh, Who is or Meet Carol Quigley. And it's about the history of uh, the British Empire and also 
how the banking empire um, ties into that from Cecil Rhodes, uh, who set up his kind of empire in, in South America and then had this vision to expand the British empire, a way of life all around the world and how that still is carrying true today. Uh, he set up the Council on Foreign Relations and just this whole, this actual, he set up, his vision was to have a secret society that runs the world, rings within rings within rings. And it's just like, it's this it's this crazy documentary that I would recommend anyone if you really want to go down the wormhole and, and have it really have a, a good a foundation of uh, the history of it uh, in a, in a one hour documentary, go, go check that out. So, and then how it's this, this, this clash with the banking empire and this, this definance, decentralized finance with crypto going on. It's like, holy shit. Like this is huge because this crypto thing is threatening the world empire. So now I'm thinking these days it was like, I wouldn't be surprised if this creates a huge war because controlling the currency is everything. Yeah, no, you're a dude. Nail me the hammer, right? You just, you just, and that's, that's hundred percent accurate. There's a, a, an old economist who I, my, basically my entire philosophy is based on this man's work. His name is Murray Rothbard. And he has this idea that he called compul compulsory cartelization, which is, in other words, uh, in a free market, a cartel can't exist. Let's say like you, me, and like a couple other people are the only people in the world who supply water bottles or something. Um, and we all decide that we're going to get together and we're, you know, rather than compete with one another and, you know, try to undermine each other in terms of price, what we'll do is we'll all set the same rate. We're going to charge $3 for a bottle of water, just industry-wide. And if everybody charges that rate, then everybody has to pay that rate. And what happens is, Rothbard pointed this out, is that eventually somebody gets greedy. Some member of this cartel is going to say, you know what, I can get market share from Riley if I sell water bottles at $2 or $1. And once that happens, the cartel is broken. Other members of the cartel then have a choice that they're faced with. They can lower their prices or they can just exit the market entirely. And what Rothbard said was a lot of these cartelists back in the 1800s figured this out. And what they did was they went to the government and they would go to senators and congressmen and say, hey, here's some money for your campaign. By the way, we have this cartel going and you know, we'd like you to enforce the rules because the members of the, of the cartel don't follow the rules voluntarily. We need mm -hmm. you guys to force the cartel to make, make it work. And this is called the compulsory cartel. That's what the banking sector is. That's what the Federal Reserve is. That's what a lot of other things in the, in the economy are as well. Once you understand that, that structure, you see it everywhere. That's what FINRA is. Right? It's a cartel of brokers. I mean, the USDA, the Department of Agriculture, all, all these different cartels are littered in the economy, propped up by crooked politicians. So mm -hmm. how do you break them? The answer is you have to, you have to provide a, a cheaper cost or a better quality product, right? And in terms of the banking sector and the Federal Reserve, the answer is cryptocurrency because they can't censor it. Right? We had gold first. And what did they do? They just made it illegal. It just became illegal to hold uh, gold unless it was like jewelry or some other like weird like exceptions to the rule. But for all intents and purposes, they tried to snuff out gold as a competitor. They can't do that with cryptocurrency, right? Because it's mm -hmm. cryptographically secured. Once I have that crypto in my wallet and I'm the one controlling those keys to that wallet, there's nothing they can do about it. It's, it's, it's out of their hands entirely. Yeah. And you're right. This yeah. is going to drive them nuts. As they get more and more desperate, then I think the price of crypto is going to get higher and higher and higher. One day, I do think that they're mm. going to... Um, they're going to try to do something about it. I think it'll, it'll be unsuccessful, but they'll, they'll do something like they'll say, oh, look, all these pseudonymous chains, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, so on and so forth. People are going to sort of move away from them and move into more private chains like Monero and, and Dash, which isn't really a privacy coin. Or they're going to utilize coin mixers for like Cash Fusion or Wasabi Wallet. But we can get into that stuff if you want. But my point here is that Crypto is, is sort of upsetting the apple cart here, and there's nothing that they can yeah. do. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, number of decades and a century here. It has been an interesting <sighs> decade. I mean, since 2008, when it first came out, there was like people who were buying. I have a friend who was buying uh, 
illicit material on the deep web in like 2010. He was paying like tens of thousands of Bitcoin for like a small amount of illicit material. And now, you know, if he had held on to that, he'd be a multimillionaire. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm continuing to invest, uh, you know, you know, wherever I can, of course, um, you know, of course, long term, like the way I think about it, it's like it's a, a crypto is a much better than a savings account. It's, it's in USD. It's gonna, not going to grow. Why not put your savings in, uh, in crypto over the years? It's just going to grow and grow and grow or 401k or whatever. Worse than that, if you put it into a savings account, it'll be devalued. And not only that, yeah. but they're going to use that money to do terrible things. They're going to take your money and they're going to use it to murder children on the other side of the world or to oppress your family and friends back home. So it doesn't make any sense to be in the dollar. I don't use dollars. I'm completely out of fiat currency. I have zero dollars. I'm all in on uh, cryptocurrency. To yeah. me, it's not, it's not even a financial thing. It's a moral thing. Like I, I just yeah. don't want to pay for this shit anymore. You know? Yeah. To be and to be independent, rely on yourself, you know, be your own bank, you know, as you say. Um, And uh, also, uh, I mentioned it briefly, but uh, you have a 3D uh, website where you can purchase. uh, So, yeah, you guys can check that out. Link in description, whatever, if you're interested in 3D printing. I've been interested in 3D printing since since like high school, you know, when they started, uh, you know, talking about. Uh, 3d printers for people that are new or like what's the what's the uh, big picture here so for me again this is about like decentralization right so rather than decentralizing uh the banking industry like bitcoin did 3d printers are decentralizing the manufacturing industry so now it's becoming to the point where anyone anywhere uh who has a 3d printer can sort of just it's it's like having a factory that fits on your desk Mm -hmm. um really you know it's it's much more like futuristic we can get into like how it's going to interface with smart contracts but the idea here is that one day rather than going to the store and buying something off the shelf you're going to go to that store's website and you're going to download a file and in a half hour that product that you wanted to buy will be on sitting on your printer in your basement or something like that that's the idea but um as a libertarian or as as someone who despises the government Really, it's a, this is about firearms and, and gun rights, right? Because, um, you know, if everybody talks about the girl, they're going to come and confiscate the guns and stuff. Well, if everybody has a 3D printer, then it doesn't matter, right? They can come and they could confiscate all the guns in the world. But if as long as you have that 3D printer, you have the capability of making a firearm. So that's really the key for me. That's that's one of the most important aspects of it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, the people got to be got to be armed to to prevent. Uh, that's the whole point of America, you know, to prevent uh, tyrannical, you know, overthrow of uh, of governments and to pre- prevent, you know, totalitarianism. Um, so yeah, three D printers is in. It, it, you go decades into the future, and you'll be able to print crazier things. They're already three right. D printing organs. You'll be able to three D print electronics. Like, well, well, back in, you know, in, it was only like five years ago, the first 3D printed gun came out and it was like a POS. Like you could get maybe one shot out of this thing and it would just crack or fall apart. Nowadays, they're printing like machine guns and they're like they're, they're holding up for thousands of rounds. So the technology has already come really far. I can only imagine how much further it's going to come in the future. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to get crazy. Yeah, it's like the nanotechnology revolution okay. is uh, is coming on. You know, this this uh, coming decades, and that's well, a whole think about like um, thing. think about like the big picture, right? We're talking about crypto and three D printing and nanotechnology. All of these these things have have a common thread. It's all about individual empowerment, right? And the whole purpose of your show is entrepreneurship. It's all about individual empowerment. Like the gig economy has grown. The amount of digital nomads has grown. 3D printing, Bitcoin, all of this stuff, it's all about empowering individuals in the face of these centralized, inefficient legacy institutions. And that's where the future is going. That's why I, I when it comes to like investments and stuff, I'm only interested in, in investing in stuff that follows with that sort of line of thinking, with that philosophy, you know? Yep. Individual empowerment. Exactly. Individualism. 100%. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting times. Um, 
Hmm. I mean, Uber, Airbnb, Lyft, all of these things are about empowering individuals. It's not just, I mean, there's the list goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. Yep. Decentralization, having your own uh, independent streams of income. Uh, Yeah. It's just fucking independent, independence. (laughs) All around. Uh, uh, Cool. So, um, Oh yeah, the the other thing we were gonna uh, get into is um, is Bali. So uh, as I as you just saw in my Instagram story uh, yesterday, um, you it's relatively easy to come to Bali. You just need to go through a visa agent now um, and just basically pay them. Uh, it's about a thousand bucks. It's like nine hundred fifty bucks, and you just gotta go through a visa agent, and they you get the visa within a couple days, and then you got you fly. Uh, well, you you do have to get a negative test, which has been the the case in every country since uh, since the beginning of Corona, uh, and then you fly to uh, Jakarta, and it's a five day quarantine in a hotel. Um, in Thailand, it's like ten or fifteen days, so five days is you know relatively relatively not too bad. Uh, and then you fly to Bali, and uh, or yeah, yeah, you get another test at the end of the five day. Then you fly to Bali, and uh, and you're good six month visa and you can extend that with a social visa. Um, so yeah, that's how I've had many friends uh, come in. Uh, if you want to see a YouTuber that just vlogged the whole process, that's Rhett and Claire. Um, they vlogged the application, the flight, the quarantine and the enter the, to Bali for anyone that's interested. Um, so it's this, it's quasi open, uh, it's not open to regular tourism where you just like show up. You just basically have to go through a, a visa agent. Um, it's totally fine. It's not a loophole. It's not illegal or anything. It's just kind of the, uh, the, the way that it is now. Yeah. My original plan was to be in Bali. I guess when this, all this started, I was, I wanted to head out like not long into it, but obviously that, that didn't work out. That didn't pan out. So my, the compromise I made with myself was I just moved to Florida because there's no like, it's basically COVID free here. Like there's no masks. There's no anything really. In terms nice. of, like, it's almost like, like the old days, like normal America as, as close mm-hmm. to that as possible. So yeah. I'm sort of like hiding out here, hunkering down until the world either turns to shit or it gets better. Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, <sighs> yeah, if you ever want to come out here, you know, even if it's just for uh, for a month or so, you know, come check it out. Um, I will, I'm sure, keep my Instagram um, followers, um, let them know if, if that quarantine ever goes away, not holding my breath. Uh, but when, if and when it does go away, maybe hopefully later this year or whatever, I'll definitely let everyone know because, uh, yeah, that is kind of pain in the butt. But to get to Tropical Paradise, it's like, I think, totally worth it. Do you pay for um, the quarantine or, or do, do they pay for it? No, you got to pay for it. You got to pay for it. Um, so, yeah, there's a there's a list of approved hotels. I'm sure there's a range of prices, but um, yeah. So the flight's gonna be I don't know about a thousand bucks, thousand bucks for the visa. The um, one week in a decent hotel is gonna be about a thousand with with the meals, uh, maybe fifteen hundred. Depends on how nice hotel you want to go. So yeah, all in. You know that's the cost of travel. But then you're living out here in Bali, and I just did. My most recent video is a cost of living in Bali for one month. Uh, I spend about 3.5K a month and live an amazing life. Nice place, motorbike, state-of-the-art gym, state-of-the-art or state-of-the-art, but world-class nightlife uh, every weekend. Um, so small price to pay for so, a tropical yeah, you'll be essentially saving money out here. And the other thing I want to make a video about is other things you can save money on. For example, I got fillings on uh, 12 teeth, six up front, six, cause I had like kind of grind my teeth. So there's like these things going on and I posted on my Instagram story, paid 210 bucks for 12 teeth. This guy comments, dude, I just paid $2,000 for six fillings. And I was like, that's significant. So you can save $1,500 on your dental. So that's $1,500 saved. That covers the quarantine. If you uh, want to get teeth whitening, I just got my teeth whitening 45-minute session for 75 bucks. I'm sure in the States that would be, I don't know, 200 what at least. Way maybe more. 
way more. Whatever, whatever. And so um, if you need to get any type of medical procedure, uh, you know, like uh, some hair thing going on or um, some medical tourism, everyone knows about it in different parts of the world. You can save money on medical tourism. So look into that if you need to get any uh, medical things done. Yeah, I've got a buddy in Ecuador who just uh, fell off his motorbike and it broke his collarbone. And I think he told me the whole like operation he had to get surgery. It cost him like, I think it was under like $500. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So reminder to my, uh, to my followers, followers to factor that in for travel costs. If you know, if that's your thing. Uh, and I mentioned in my video, you, you can live for 2K a month here in Bali and still live a great life. You're going to be you know, going out to, to nightlife less and maybe not live in a luxury place. But for 2000 a month, I would recommend to my friends, like I wouldn't recommend spending less than that. You're going to have too much FOMO with you know, the really nice beach clubs and stuff here and there. But 2K a month, you can live a great, great tropical life out here. But that would be like my base um, I spend around three, three, three point five k, maybe four k, if I really ball out that month. Uh, or like, if you're making plenty of money, you can rent a villa for um, five, ten k a month and live in an epic uh, mansion compound <laughs> in paradise. Yeah. If you one day, if you want, if you want to do that, spend some of your Doge earnings uh, <laughs> or overall crypto earnings. Like it's booming like crazy. If Ethereum is forty one hundred a day. It's like, wow, yeah. So thank God for <laughs> cryptocurrency, man. If it wasn't for cryptocurrency, yeah. I would never have been able to make this switch into entrepreneurship. Yeah. I got, uh, I got a tip in Doge like two years ago that ended up being like almost like $600, uh, when I cashed out like the other day. So Ethereum, I've done very well as one of the original investors in Ethereum. I bought it on Bitcoin in 2012 and all that really enabled me to, to do what I'm doing now. So thank God for yeah. Satoshi Nakamoto. You bought into Bitcoin in 2012? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. So, I mean, it's it's a thousand X like since then. Like, that's, 57 that, times X. Yeah, 57,000 X. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's went from like, back in the day, it was like cents. It was like less than a dollar. And now it's like $57,000 yeah. for one Bitcoin. And Ethereum, you, you probably got in when it was like, what, $100, $200 or even before that? I bought in when the day it was available. I forget what the, I, I, I had. I had so much Ethereum, it would make you sick, man. It makes me, keeps me awake at night because I ended up, I, I invested and I kept rolling it over to these altcoins. I, was, I thought I was like freaking Warren Buffett of like the cryptocurrency world. And I was doing mm -hmm. pretty good. And then one day there was like this, I don't know if your, your listeners might be familiar with the Dow attack. But I got burnt in that really bad and slowly, slowly built, built my way back. And, and uh, here I am today. Yeah, You got to be doing too good. I mean, in the last two weeks, Ethereum has pretty much doubled from like 2000 something to 4000 something. So your money after, has doubled many times. Well, after the Dow, I got out of Ethereum. I'm no longer, I don't have any Ethereum because Ethereum is, is oh. highly centralized coin. It's kind of like, like we're talking about the, like the Federal Reserve, kind of like that. It's, if Vitalik wants to roll back the chain, he can and will, and he has. So yeah, I don't, the guy, uh, the guy, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm sure you're doing um, pretty good with, with crypto. Yeah, nice. Yeah, especially now. Interesting times, interesting times. Uh, it's going to be an interesting one with this whole thing going on with this vaccine passport going on. Uh, all, you know, all we can hope is, uh, you know, the big picture is, you know, I always say, all we can hope is during this century is we use technology. That's the big story of this, you know, last of this time in history and human. It's technology is here. It's a whole game changer. <laughs> it's a whole new paradigm of, 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 of history of, of existence on the planet. It's, it's digital technology. And so all we can hope and try to do is make sure that technology provides more happiness, freedom, prosperity, independence for people and not less freedoms and more suffering. So technology has always been a double-edged sword, but all we, all we got to do is make sure that it leans towards the good side of the sword, more happiness for the world and not less happiness and more suffering for the world. Yeah, the state is always, the government will always use technology against us, but we can always use technology against them, right? So it, 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 like you said, it's a double-edged sword. But in the end, I think we win. 
right? If you look at history, like the government usually loses and, and the, the individual always succeeds. Again, it goes back to this trend of like decentralization and individual empowerment. That's where this trend, this trend line is going. That's where it has been going. And I think that that's, that's really powerful. If you understand that, you can sort of adjust your life and your investments accordingly and, and, and you'll, you'll, you'll do very well. Yeah, I agree. I'm an optimist as well. And if you really look at the numbers of the people, it's like 99.99% of us versus the 0.01% of the, you know, very powerful or super rich or whatever. Or like uh, uh, Dave Smith was saying, he's like, this left, right bullshit, this blue team versus red team. It's so stupid. I mean, most of my, you know, audience they know it's it's so stupid it's a facade it's like all to keep us distracted on these little little battles little issues like it's so stupid and he was saying like it should be all of us versus the very few super rich very powerful of the you know military corporate pharmaceutical industrial complex or whatever and if you want to know these names watch that documentary (laughs) watch james corbett's channel he he lines it out like the whole history of it and the other two you should watch on his channel, just throwing it out, uh, How Big Oil Conquered the World and Why Big Oil Conquered the World. It's part two to that documentary. It breaks down the, the history of, you know, the, the, the original billionaires. Um, you know, the original one in, in America was Rockefeller with the, the oil, uh, oil uh, billionaire and then Carnegie with the, with the, uh, with the steel and, and railroad. And then the first uh, big, huge um, billionaire, whatever family in Europe was the, uh, the banking uh, family and the, the Rothschild family uh, and how their, um, their banking empire is still <clears throat> all around the world today. Um, but kind of, you know, not, not in the, the, not in the news media. It's kind of, kind of behind the scenes, the, the way that they, they set it up and, you know, strategically purposefully, but those are two other documentaries to, to understand the, you know, geopolitics and, and um, stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, everyone follow Sal uh, if you're on Twitter. Twitter's, Twitter's your main thing or where are you? What are you doing? Yeah, Twitter's, Twitter's probably the main thing, at Sally Mayweather or just Salvia Gores you can find me at. I'm also on Insta, Facebook. I got a, a Facebook page called Print Guns Not Money, which is my other, probably my second biggest page. And then um, uh-huh. if you're on any of the other little platforms like Mines or MeWe, I'm on there as well, Snapchat. Uh, yeah. Dope. Yeah. Yeah. These decentralized platforms are very, um, very interesting as well. So mines is, is that got some good stuff going on? Yeah. Well, see, that's, that's another really cool thing here is that they got like, again, individual empowerment, man, the mines token, like, so on Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg profits when you or I post uh, popular content. Well, when the content is tokenized, right. When, when, when there's a, there's a, there's a native tokens to, to mines. There's a mines token that, and you receive uh, X amount of mines tokens based on the popularity of your content. So that in other words, you're being rewarded, not Mark Zuckerberg for the popularity of your content. So that is another big thing. The tokenization of content, I think is going to be huge. It's going to help empower individuals and take down some of these major, like big monolithic tech, tech uh, fascist corporations, where they're sort of censoring individuals and even the president and stuff like that. So that's another thing I'm really big on in terms of blockchain is tokenization. I think that's going to be a huge, huge, huge thing um, in the future, not just with um, like mines and social media apps, but like stocks, bonds, art, cars, houses, apartments. It's all good. Everything is going to be tokenized in in the future. Mm. Yeah. Very exciting. Okay. Yeah. I need to get, on mines um i know i was on this a while ago but yeah it makes total sense and then uh yeah decentralized platforms because the thing oh yeah I i forgot to mention so james corbett's channel one of the most well done uh popular independent journalists his channel got removed from youtube a couple weeks ago and so that's why he re uploaded that documentary i mentioned to the his uh second channel and so, well, he's also on um, censorship. What the fuck? He's on Odyssey too now. That's like his main gig now. 
He's over okay. on which is like the video. Yeah, yeah, cuz cuz I just recently signed up for or for Odyssey. Yeah, cuz it it automatically brings over your YouTube videos and backs those up. So I was like, for free? I was like, "Whoa, that's amazing. That is amazing." So, um his channel got removed. It's, so it's like come on. Like <laughs> come on. Just for saying saying something that you know, it's this whole free speech thing that's going on now, you know, over the past couple of years that's like also alarming. It's like do we even have free speech on these platforms and some people were like well, they're a private company, you know, if you disagree with, you know, if you question the vaccine or you, you know, say some fake news thing or if they're their fact checkers say that it's wrong, then they can remove your profile. It's like all right, well it, like it, that's that's not free market at all. If it's fake information, then other people should just upload YouTube videos that are that debate it. Right, right, and it's like it's it's such a convoluted argument these people are making because yes, okay, it's a, it's a private company and they can do whatever they want, fine. But when the state is being involved and they're the ones pushing it and the mainstream media is pushing it, it's no longer a private company. At that point, it's like I said, it's fascism. It's it's the state has sort of become they've like merged with these corporations into like this one like tyrannical monolithic power yeah yeah all of these big tech it's it's overlapped it's it's overlapped it's overlapped with government and policy and if you look at the actual people and it it's called lobbyists and it's called you know incentives and it's called all this stuff it's always how it works it's always how it works uh yeah it's <laughs> yeah by the way for people still listening, you know, the, the OG, you know, 300 uh, listeners that may be still listening. If you don't know the other uh, huge um, kind of thing is, did you guys know China already has a social credit score system that's already been implemented in uh, certain cities? Fascinating thing. I posted this on my, on my Instagram story recently um, just to, you know, blow some minds as I, as I like to do. Um, <clears throat> just search it on YouTube. China social credit score and there's several several documentaries about it and so that's the whole thing with the vaccine passport that like you know Dave Smith was bringing up it's like China already has this like everything is tracked you have a social credit score where if your score is below a certain level you can't get train tickets you can't leave your city you can't get bus tickets to everything so it's like whoa are we like heading towards that that's the big picture we gotta basically make sure and, that doesn't happen yeah in, in China one of the you know you get social media or whatever is uh you get points based on like if the, like, if you say nice things about the chinese politicians oh. or these points if you say bad things about them it's like that is what's coming here when people better prepare for it now that's uh yeah communism 2.0 it's digital digital communism which is they say like uh there was this quote I don't know, maybe it wasn't you, you that posted, but uh, like, like technology and, and uh, the internet and, and digitalization is a, uh, is a communist dictator's wet dream because now they can see everything just in their like evil dashboard. Yeah. They're like, ooh, I can just, there's like, there's just like, can see everything with the all seeing eye, literally. Yeah, it's like, uh, uh, what do they call it? They, they had the, this whole concept of the, the night watchman state, right? Where this, it's the state would only be like the night watchman, but it's like, that's become so far removed that now it's like that night watchman sitting up in a tower in a computer watching all of our lives. Yeah. As you said, yeah, from the, at the beginning, 1984, Orwellian, this, this basically we got to make sure we're avoiding this technocracy thing. And my last point, I forgot you were saying is we were, we were talking about optimism, you know, it's us, you know, at the, at the end we should win because it's, that's always happened throughout history. Um, you know, the people rise up or whatever, but what I always think about, I'm like, yeah, I'm an optimist, but I'm just like, uh, but now it's a different paradigm. It's different because the government has these magical tools. Now they have Harry Potter weapons, these that didn't exist in previous empires. They have surveillance and technology and everyone's already tracked on our phone so if some sort of revolution was bubbling up they would know before it even happens and they could intervene so it's like it's literally like the minority report yeah but see that's the thing though the revolutions aren't going to happen like they used to it's not going to be the case where we all meet up in a field and start shooting soldiers that's that yeah. that's out that's done the revolution yeah. is bitcoin it's, it's 3d printing it's entrepreneurship 
it's homeschooling, it's tokenization. It's all about finding ways to opt out of these centralized legacy institutions and to become independent for yourself. If anyone who's waiting around for politicians to free them is going to have a really bad time because that's never yeah. happened in all of human history. No politician. It's the exact opposite of what they do for a living, right? Their whole job is to rule over you, not to, not to grant you independence or freedom. You can only do that for yourself. And one of the ways to do that is to listen to this show. <clears throat> Excuse me. Listen to my show. Buy crypto. Get a 3D printer. Get involved. Homeschool your kids. Get them out of these public schools. Do whatever you can to take charge of your life because that's the only way that we're ever going to We'll, we'll, it's the only way that we see a chance of winning. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, like I said, like their politicians and uh, empires, their job, their only purpose is to maintain and expand power. And that's just the nature of the organism. Like I was explaining, I was explaining to someone, um, like, it's not necessarily like the individual politicians fault, although they're part of the system. You know, I'm sure many politicians are great people, you know, great hearted, truly well-intentioned, you know, but it's, it's the nature of the, of the big organism of the empire or whatever you want to call it to expand. It literally is a super organism. Like as a biologist, you zoom out, you're looking, you're from the moon, taking a moon view. If you do a time lapse of human history, it's these empires, you know, expanding, and then and then some get eaten up by the other um, by the other empire. It's like, you know, let's say they're different colors, and it's like, and it literally looks like bacteria, different species of bacteria, and the ones that that take over are the ones that evolved their genetic code to have these advantages, be it army, technology, better ideas that. You know, the British Empire, now they have, it's a combination of, of ideas, technology, and military. And now that bacteria is, has the biggest stronghold. You know, you could say, you could have a strong argument. We live in the Itish English Empire, the British Empire now, because one major way that you know that, I realized this in recent years, is because what's the world language? English. English yeah. because so they've that's a huge thing that's a huge thing it's it's and especially once you live abroad you realize how how much English is the world language and how we're actually lucky to be f speaking fluent English it's a lot of kids out here in these developed countries like they're just like their fucking first life goal is just to be fluent in English and so English has completely dominated the world. So they've already checked that off because that's a huge thing. Low key with, with a expanding your empire is, is that because, because language uh, is the core of culture. And so the British empire people, they've already ch checked that box. They've done it in English. Boom, done. It's now the, the universal language. Um, anyway, what I was getting to is it's just, you can look at an empire as, as an organism and all life does any species the purpose of it and the reason that they still exist is because they're good at duplicating and expanding. So you can look at empires like this. And so I try not to, you know, uh, um, take it too personally or whatever. It just is what it is. That's the nature of, it's the nature of life for empires to, to expand as, as a super organism collection of minds. Now there are truly the evil ones who really, um, uh, you know, want to actually take over the world and fucking kill people, you know, wars and stuff. But anyways, I think you get my point. Um, that's just the nature of it. And then the, <clears throat> another video I wanted to share, very interesting. It's got millions of views. It's called um, How Rulers Rule. It's by CGP Gray. Have you seen that video? No. Oh, it's called How Rulers Rule. And it's like animated with like, um, with like, anyway, it's an animated video. I'll put a link in the description. And it basically, it's summarizing a book with a similar title. It's summarizing all the tips, all the tricks that kings and queens and rulers have done throughout history and kind of the rules 
that they use, like their number one goal, have a strong circle. Uh, goal number two, have a strong army. Goal, goal number three, keep your, um, keep your jokers and jesters uh, paid well. Goal number four, have alliance. It's like breaks it down. It's to a T how politics works and how rulers rule still holds true today with the overall goal. Their number one goal is to maintain and expand power. That's it. Yeah, and to hold on to it for dear life. Because I, like I said, I, th I think that they're getting scared. I really think that they're scared shitless about this wave of individualism. And that's what's going to, they're going to become more and more desperate. And it's going to be like their actions are beginning to become more and more uh, exaggerated and, and unpredictable and sort of chaotic. And I think that like mm. that's what a lot of what we're seeing now is. We're starting to see the beginning of that. And I, I think it's a great thing, obviously. I, I think it'd be, the world would be a lot better off without these people. Yeah, it's um, yeah. No one, no one likes to to backpedal, for sure. No one likes to lose their wealth, lose their power, even in in micro. You know, no one likes to downgrade their apartment or their car. It's part of human nature, and so same thing with empires and politicians. They don't like to to lose their position, or they don't like to lose their their empire in business. You know, it's the empire is a, is a business is the microcosm of the empire. You know, I think about this all the time. Amazon, Amazon is like, a, you could see that as a super organism. It's just capitalist system. That's only goal is to maintain and expand really right. just to grow. It's only goal is to grow and it's expanding into new countries every year. I'm like, is this good for it to like, just like stranglehold the whole world? Like it took over America and now it's just, it's tentacles. You're just like wrapping around the whole world now. It's like, is this ethical? Is it good for humanity? It's just, it's a philosophical question. And like, think, think about, because I mean, the philosophy, like the strategy that I promote that I've been talking about all this for this whole episode is like, like I said, individual empowerment, like breaking away from these legacy institutions. That's called agorism and like counter economics is the name of that philosophy. But look at what Gandhi did in, in India, right? Look how he got the British Empire out. Because he, here's this frail old man who's able to remove the world's strongest empire in all of history. And he did it without ever raising a fist, let alone firing a shot. He was completely nonviolent. So that should be the model. And how did he do it? Well, they were reliant on the salt tax, the British. And Gandhi said, you know, we're all going to march to the sea and we're going to get our own salt. And that denial of that tax revenue is what broke the back of, of the British Empire. It's the same sort of strategy that the Americans use with like the, the tax on tea and stamps and stuff like that. So it's about denying these assholes revenue. And the way to do that, again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but it's cryptocurrency. Get out of the dollar. Get out of fiat currency. Every dollar you hold can be devalued. It can be diluted. They can steal value from that dollar and they're going to use it to do terrible malevolent things. So become your own bank. Yep. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's the huge thing with these times. Very interesting times. Um, yeah. Links in the description to all those videos to sell stuff. Uh, go cop a 3d printer. Um, you know, if, if not just for, for a fun toy, um, yeah. Thanks, man. Let's, let's do this again. Um, come out to Bali, uh, sooner than later. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, would, would be great to have you out here, uh, amongst the nomads. <laughs> well, if I don't make it to Bali, I'll make it to Croatia, hopefully. Yeah. Croatia. I saw you mentioned uh, split Croatia, uh, in the other podcast as a good, um, you know, destiny. I probably got it from you. <clears throat> Mm. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, Medellin, a lot closer. I'm sure you've, you know about that as well. Another digital nomad hotspot or good, good place to be. That's, yeah. you know, relatively open. Also a uh, Tulum, uh, Mexico. Um, I, I had a couple of buddies in, in Tulum, Mexico, also tons of places in Mexico, Mexico. Mexico is a great one with this COVID stuff. I heard that they don't really have too much of that. The, the COVID yeah. requirements, the, the president out there is supposed to be like, anti-covid and stuff but i'm mm. not really 100 percent sure you yeah, i heard similar things as like tulum is nightlife is popping and events and festivals and same thing with out here in bali there's festivals every week there's like one going on tonight the disco africa tomorrow again this huge pool party day club like i'm gonna be hitting in a couple of days like 
not too bad out here, not too bad out here. So yeah, that's a form of individual empowerment, you know, you know, uh, uh, being in a place that's, you know, life is life is normal again. So you can live how you want to live. Be your own bank and then be your own boss, right? Yep. Fuck yeah. Um, good shit, man. Well, yeah, I'll see you on the Instagram and uh, yeah, we'll do this again um, sometime soon with an update. You got it. Thanks, brother. Yep. Cheers. Listening to the Living That Life Digital Nomad Podcast. Hit the subscribe button on iTunes if you're a boss, and check out the YouTube channel for dope travel videos. Let's get it.